0: So the question is, when did we go wrong? I don't, for some reason, that reminds me of Monty Python, like sketch, like where did, where did civilization go wrong? Um, I mean, I think, I can't really speak, I'm not a historian, so, um, but I would say that one of, I would answer it with a couple of points. One of them is the way that we do teach history is very problematic. So the way that we teach American history or Islamic history is by the battles, right? I can tell you, in a lot of the education that I had growing up, how many people were on one side in Uhud, what happened at the Battle of Khandaq, how many people were at Badr, and what was the result? You know what I'm saying? Like, But we teach American history as well the same way. Part of the way that we teach, What I'm getting to, the point that I wanted to get to is not, I can't speak when we went wrong, but I think there are also times when things went right. And if the way that we have a relationship with our history and our tradition is to often only look at the points in which violence happened or a perspective that didn't uh, include the role that women had in forming. You know, we saw the the disappearance of acknowledgement of female scholars and scholarship. There's a major project now with, I don't remember how many volumes, retrieving the contributions of women. The amnesia that we're able to produce in the interpretation of our history allows for oppression in current times. This view of a purity of history in which women weren't at the table. So there's a beautiful uh, set of a hadith, Tahrir uh, Mara Fi Asr al-Hijri, which records any time a woman was around the Prophet. Not just said anything, but the fact that women were in the space around the Prophet. I have started doing this in my looking at hadith around interfaith relations. Any time there was a person who wasn't a Muslim, not even when the Prophet rendered a decision, but when we look at his example, and we began to see the space around him and the people around him, I would say that I don't know when things went wrong, but there were a lot of incredible lessons that are discernible. What I think is very wrong in our education around our own tradition is to use incredible and general abstractions. How many things like this, Islam is a religion of peace. Islam is beautiful. Islam, at the time of Prophet Muhammad, women were much freer than they ever have been. So we have these grand abstractions. And how do I tell my seven-year-old, well, how do you actually manifest those things? And what happens, and I want to end with this, is that there's this abstraction that's so general. And this reality, as you're saying, that people are seeing every day. And the best best interpreters of character are children. They see this disconnect. And as they grow, they begin to see that this is an impossibility. And so I would say that what we need to do is begin to think about how do we teach the tradition in a way that is self-critical and honest and open, but specific to how we manifest it in an everyday existence. And I want to just say this is one of my students one of our <laughs> doctoral students. No, no, it's, I'm just showing that we need to be able to, she's, I'm proud of her. Go ahead. My question is, it, it seems to be related, but um, the question of uh, in, in various uh, communities across the globe, there's this, I would say this uh, reform movement. The question was how do we deal with the reality of times and space and histories in which religion played a role of damage or was responding to a force that was pressing upon it in some way. And I think I think that you, your point is well taken, and I think what it does is it asks us to have a sophistication that is very difficult for a reductionist perspective on the world, not just on religion. And so, so, one of the things i've found that's been profoundly uh, difficult is the internalized narratives that we have around islam itself so for instance i've seen a hermeneutic of engaging our tradition only when violence happens okay so i what i mean to say is this idea that the way that islam plays into the international or local or or ethos, the way that we even come back to our own tradition is to defend it, is to go back to that the state of being Muslim is a broken state, that to be Muslim is to be broken. And I think that's a question we have to ask ourselves individually and to move to a state of wholeness, what is necessary? Is the intervention scholarship? Is the intervention conversation? And what may work for you may be different than for me, so I think we have to begin to map our own our own brokenness and think about what moves us to wholeness and to healing, and that the tradition is a part of it um, and maintain a self-critical perspective as well. I was recently with a student doing his master's um, thesis, and he told me, he said, "You know Professor Said, I printed out the comments that you." made for me on my first day of class and I thought, oh my God, this is going to be a really horrible story. Mm -hmm. And he said, I thank you for them, because what I told him was, if you love this tradition, you have to be critical of this tradition. You have to build a relationship that challenges the tradition, but also sees its beauty. So I think to be able to do both, that which we love the most, finally uh, build a relationship with it. So I think what we see in these stories with Maryam and even with her mother is a conversation happening with God. Wait, I feel like this, and this is what's happening to me. I'm not comfortable with it. This is difficult. And then we see a response. So this idea of engaging and having a conversation and all the great prophets had that wrestling with, with their responsibility, and I think that critical thinking, critical thinking is a skill, critical thinking is an Islamic skill, and we have to begin to see it that way. Uh, Thank you again.